Recorded live. Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one.
Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the World Integrity News Network, and the show is called The Rights of the Few. And we are on the front lines. We all are. And what is our battle cry? Our battle cry is liberty. And everybody knows we are slowly losing that liberty. Sometimes it feels like it's pretty darn fast. So I'd like to welcome you to the show. And if you would like to call into the show, the phone number is 516-453-9128. And if you have a comment, press 1. And I just saw a story getting prepared for the show that does not surprise me whatsoever. Feds planted... <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. It says feds planted talking points into 60 Minutes report Hillary email show. 60 Minutes assures me that they raised a number of questions and concerns we planted with them. Okay. Well, let's take a look at this. It says the latest batch of Hillary Clinton emails released by the State Department this week show the federal government worked with CBS News to plant talking points into an interview with WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. That does not surprise me. You know, like we started off talking about, we're losing our freedoms. Why? Because they are corrupt. Everybody knows that. Everybody sees that. Some people do. Some people don't. Here, some there are a group of people out there that believe everything. They think the government walks on water. I remember the Bible telling me Jesus was the only man that walked on water. But for some reason, people think government walks on water. It says in a January 2011 email to Clinton, Philip J. Crowley, then Assistant Secretary of State for Public Affairs, confirmed that he had successfully planted numerous questions and concerns with 60 minutes for their upcoming report on WikiLeaks. I just received confirmation from 60 minutes that a piece on Julian Assange will air Sunday night. He will be the only person featured, Crowley wrote. 60 minutes assures me that they raised a number of questions and concerns we planted with them during the course of the interview. Crowley went on to inform Clinton, who was railed, who has railed against Assange since WikiLeaks' inception that their collusion with 60 Minutes would, would prepare them for a response to the narrative Assange presented during the program. According to Crowley, the federal government's intervention in the program was designed to balance the reporting, more like cover-up reporting, to be honest. But if you would like to... If you would like to see more on this article, you should go to InfoWars and read it. But it does go on to say, we had a number of suggestions for outside experts and former diplomats to interview to balance the piece Crowley adds. As noted in Mashable's Jason Abruzzisi, I think that's how you pronounce it, 
of the more than 7,000 emails released, WikiLeaks turns up in about 50 of them. The documents released show that Clinton and her staff were worried about WikiLeaks, but they were also cheered by some of the positive press for U.S. diplomats that resulted from the release of clandestine U.S. diplomatic documents. See, the more they dig into these emails, the more scandals they find. And do you think, really, that she's ever going to go to jail? No. Sorry. But they protect each other. And the minute we figure out, I was talking to somebody today, and the young man, he, at least he's involved, I'll give him that, but he goes on to say, Marco Rubio is just great, that's who he was going to vote for. I told him point blank, I said, really? You can't be serious. He said, well, who do you like? I said, I like Rand Paul. I like where he stands on things. But the difference is with me, I know Rand Paul can't fix everything. One man's not going to fix the problem. Marco Rubio's definitely not. He's a consummate insider. You look at, I told him, I said, look, both parties work together. They walk in lockstep together, the Republicans and Democrats. They're only different in name only. They're not different in their policies. Their rhetoric sounds different, but the parties as a whole are been work been working together for quite some time. We'll just put it that way. Eric, is that you? Hey, what's going on out there? How you doing, Eric? This is presidential candidate Eric Moore. Welcome to the show. You're getting to be one of my regulars. Me and you have a lot of great conversations, I think. Yes, we sure do. We have a lot in common, mister. Yeah, we both care about liberty. You know, like I said, what is at the beginning of the show? We are on the front lines. We all are. We're all watching our freedoms be destroyed. What is our battle cry? Our battle cry is liberty. So what's what's important on your mind? Because I was just talking about this new email scandal come out where the feds I don't know what all you heard, but the feds were caught planting talking points into the 60 Minutes report Hillary email show. This was back in 2011. Like I said, the more they dig, the more scandals they find. Wow. No, I didn't hear that part because I didn't didn't get to see the interviews or anything. Wow. Oh, yeah, this is going to get so huge that... She's going to be so embarrassed by by the end of this for even trying to run for office. Yeah, well, I don't think she'll get embarrassed. I think, really, honestly, she'll just end up trying and doing what most corrupt politicians do. You know, right, right, yeah, yeah. She'll go to the poor grandma page and woe is me, as we all know. And it's just a touch on the corruption going on in Washington and across the country. It's just a, 
It's just a small taste of it for how big it is. Oh, yeah. What are you talking about this Russia bombing ISIS? Finally, somebody is. I think it's good. Not it who? And you know? The war. I mean. Yeah. Well, the thing you is. That, man, you got, let's see. You got, you have uh, U.S. jets flying over. Now you have Russian jets flying over. You're going to have Egyptian jets flying. They're going to start shooting at each other, and we can escalate to a war real quick. Yes, that is true. And here, here's here's what most people don't don't seem to think about. They don't they pay attention to Fox News, which Fox News only tells about half truths, and then you got the liberal media that, if we're lucky, tells half truth. And they're demonizing Russia. Now I'm not no I'm not no Putinite. Okay, I don't worship at the foot of Putin. He says a lot of real good things. But what he is saying is absolutely known and it's fact. We've talked about this before. I interviewed Joe Biggs about it. The policies of our government, they're funding ISIS, they're giving them the weapons. Putin gets up the other day and says, hey, Obama administration has given them weapons. They're the ones putting them up to everything. And so what is he doing? ISIS is a real problem. But why are they a problem? They wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't for our policies. They're trying to take control. Our government, through their proxies, is trying to take over the Middle East. Syria is in the way. What happens after Syria? Then you go, then they take over Iran. And that pretty much gives them control of what's left of the Middle East. They're, and Russia's like, excuse my French, oh, hell no. This has got to stop. Well, here, here's a good point to do right now, if he was smart enough to do it, which he isn't, to opt out of Syria, for, you know, for, for the U.S. to opt out, put our resources in Iraq, make sure we secure Iraq, because Iraq's in big trouble still, okay? Let's protect what we got there. Then, let's see what Russia does. It's successful or whatever. Let them deal with it. Walk away. Let it be. Protect the borders of Iraq because the Iranians are pouring over the border into Iraq with ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Revolutionary Guard, Special Forces, and all that. Let's secure that. See what Russia does. See what Assad does. And go from there. By that time, we'll have a new president, hopefully, and let it work its way out and see what happens. Because you, you keep getting all these, you know, the next thing Obama's going to do, he's going to create a no-flyover zone. Then what happens? Russia's going to say, we just, a no-flyover, what are you, what are you talking about? We're going to shoot down anything that comes near our planes. Well, there you go. Escalation. This is, that's policy. On anything he touches. And here's Don't let here's, our letter crisis go to waste. That is right. But here's the other funny thing about that, and that is um, that we create no-fly zones, and we fly. It's kind of the same thing. Now, I'm not – I agree with some people, 
that they talk about this and they talk about how it's how you put it not all Muslims are bad we talked about this last week on my show that a lot of people are the masses of every nation it don't matter what the culture is the average of every nation is they want to be left alone and raise their families and that's it it's not the majority these jihadists are not the majority that's why you only i don't remember the exact number it's in the single digits that these wahhabists not the shina what is it a the i didn't pronounce it right shina and sunni i know the shina i'm not pronouncing that right um i know i'm not i just heard it today and i've heard it so many times but for some reason i can't seem to pronounce it right shia Shia and Sunni, Shia. that's what it is. Yeah. Right. They're, do they have their extreme points? Yes. But even in that group, the majority of them are not radical like ISIS, which used to be called Al-Qaeda and has always been funded by our government. You know, I hate to bust everybody's bubble. But the point is, is we have, we're already at, World War Three. Just the problem is America don't realize that we're at World War Three because they hear about the terrorists, the boogeyman around the corner that will get them. But the boogeyman don't have no power unless our government gives them power. And that's what most people don't seem to put two and two together on. Well, my concern is, I mean, Another report is that China is there as well. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you got three superpowers involved. <laughs> Poor Assad, I don't think he realizes what's coming. You know, Putin might say, "Okay, China, it's all yours. We will supply air support. You put your troops on the ground because you have more troops to ex- to expel. And we're just going to take over the whole thing, and we're going to take over." The- the oil production in the Mideast will mm-hmm. go from there. Well, and, and here's here's a article I was that I, I was lo- I'm looking for it. It was it was two days ago, I think is when it came out. Maybe three days ago. There was you heard about ISIS is talking about a religious cleansing through. Uh, Nuclear bombs, dirty bombs, nuclear of any kind, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I got to thinking about today. I've been thinking about this the last few days. Last week's show wasn't as good as I'd want it to be because I really was not as prepared as I wanted to be. I actually kind of, thank God, forced me. I just couldn't. I took almost a whole month off of listening to the news and listening to everything. And I just started back listening to the shows I listened to this week. And I'm going to tell you what, I think I really needed that break. Because then it's like I'm sitting here looking at and listening to all this news. And then I get all these talking points. ISIS, religious, I'm going to look it up because I'll find it better that way, since I am at least part 
I'm in a good mood, can't you tell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But my internet's slow because I'm sitting here at the truck stop. So you know how that is. All the truck drivers here for the evening. That's what everybody's having to share. But they were talking about how ISIS is going to get nuclear weapons. They're talking about they may get them. And then I think about all these reports over the years, like where the administration was coming out saying the Tea Party is going to hook up with ISIS. And um, and they're going to uh, hook up with ISIS and set a, set a set off nuclear bombs and kill like 110 million people. Wait a minute here. That don't add up because why? They don't have access to that kind of stuff. The only reason they have access to that stuff is because back to our policies, who's giving them the weapons? That's and then the I first got to... I heard about ISIS and Tea Party, though. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is that? For? Yeah, yeah, the Tea Party is like the most Islamophobic group out there. So, yeah, this that that was actually probably three or four years ago. I don't remember exactly when, but yeah, that was one of the reports that come that come out, and it and they fell flat on their face when they did that because anybody that knows the Tea Party, they know they're just so Islamophobic. Um. But I got to thinking about what's happened over the past few years, as in probably three or four years. I have to go look up the article to find out. Um, it says, ISIS plotting nuclear holocaust claims author who spent 10 days with Jihadi John. Now, I was listening to InfoWars yesterday, and I absolutely agree with what they're saying. There's a lot of things about that that does not make sense. Is this a propaganda piece to push fear? And here's why. One, we already know that for the most part, our CIA, NSA, all these other, and Britain, all these people are running ISIS, right? Then you get this one now all remember all those beheading videos about reporters and citizens being beheaded. They put up this narrative that ISIS is so dangerous, right? Now, if ISIS is so dangerous, then what's the catch? How did this guy, this one guy, spend ten days with ISIS and not get killed. Now, in the article, he goes on to say, yeah, he he was fearful for his life. He he said, no, nope, they gave me his word, their word that he wouldn't, that they wouldn't kill him. <laughs> and he said, the whole time, I really questioned whether they were doing it. I finally got to come home after 10 days. And then he brings out this article, okay? After spending 10 days embedded with Islamic State, German journalist Jürgen Totenhofer revealed his shocking claims of the largest religious cleansing in history. The Islamic State monsters are plotting to unleash a nuclear holocaust, killing millions of innocent people in the largest religious cleansing in history, an insider has claimed. German journalist Jürgen 
Todenhofer spent 10 chilling days with the terrorists managing to escape alive. Wait a minute here. Listen to the language they're using. We're chilling and scary. It's booked on the story and not think critically, okay? He spent 10 days, but yet he managed to escape. So was he captured? Or was he there because they wanted him there? How can he escape unless he's captured? Todenhofer, a 75-year-old former MP of Angela Merkel's CDU party, turned away from politics to begin a career in war reporting in 2000. Okay, that's another thing. He's a 75-year-old man. That means what? He's not very strong to fight against these people. So there's a lot about this that stinks, okay? So he made it. Yeah, he might have been there. He he might have been there. That was funny. Looking for me, Forrest. Hey, that was funny. I will get to that one. You made it funny. (laughs) I thought you might like that one. Yeah, I actually did. I actually, you got to know. Like you said, I think that's another reason why Putin is so pissed off. Like, okay, no one wants to believe me. No one's going to put me on the air, and I'm going to prove it. I'm going to kill these bastards. I'm going to show you what kind of weapons they're using, where they came from, because we've been tracking them the whole time. They'll be slapping the UN in the face, America, and everyone involved. I think that's his total intention. And I don't blame him. He's been in yeah, no. way too long. You know, and I'm not one of those Putin pukes to, to stand up for the man, but he's not stupid. No, he's, he's very not. intelligent on foreign policy, and he's tired of the games, it sure sounds like to me. I'd say he is. But the thing that gets me is listening to the rhetoric on this ISIS thing, okay, is I think back, there was there was a breaking news story about four years ago. I say breaking loosely because it's no longer breaking, it's out there. <clears throat> about there was a secret shipment of nuclear weapons come out of Dias Air Force Base. And the whole deal behind that was, one, because of treaties that were signed, there was not supposed to be any nukes there. So this was something that was not even known. Total black ops. And... They were supposed to go to Charleston, and they were shipped via truck. Okay? So they loaded them in the back of a truck, shipped them to Charleston. Now, me and and you know in the industry, we know that they're not supposed to do that without placards. Right? But, yes, this thing never went anywhere. They were supposed to go to Charleston, and then that very night, Lindsey Graham gets up on TV and says, 
we got reports about um, there might be a nuclear attack on Charleston. And then it was right after that, what do we see the administration doing? Getting rid of the top brass, first three uh, top-level people they got rid of was over the nuclear arsenal. Now, why would you, one, ship two or three nuclear warheads to Charleston, then get on TV and put the narrative to scare the people that, oh my God, there's, there may be a nuclear attack. So, and then you start getting rid of, I think it was over 200 different people in the military all the way down to privates. And it was always over some lame excuse. It would be like lost confidence or gambling problem or something really stupid. You know, it was never nothing serious why they got rid of it. <laughs> And you got to think about that. Because why would they do that? Why would it be that they that they would be shipping nuclear ars, nuclear weapons to Charleston, and then it was after that you got you got Obama gets up on camera and talks about when he loses sleep. I bet that man don't lose no sleep. But he gets up there and says he loses sleep because he fears a nuclear attack in New York or D.C. or Dallas. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you see through the narrative. Well, you see through the lies. <clears throat> if you go through what is considered a false flag, a false flag doesn't always have to be done specifically by our government. Okay? But. It does. Sometimes it is allowed. Look at the 20 pages they're trying to get declassified that shows that Saudi Arabia quarterbacked the whole thing with 9-11. Were they the only ones involved? No. But they were the primary people funding and quarterbacking it. And when you look at the evidence of 9-11, things don't add up. And then, like I said, and I said, like I said earlier, you got they are putting out propaganda saying that the Tea Party, which I know you said you didn't hear about it, but yeah, they, it, it was said that the Tea Party may link up with ISIS and might set off a nuke in one of those a major city. Now. When you go back through the history like Operation Northwoods where they proposed under Kennedy a false flag, a 9-11 style false flag, flag, but bigger, as in remote controlled jets, crash them, uh, talk about how these college kids were on it and civilians and, and talk about bombing and shooting up movie theaters. Wait a minute, don't that sound familiar? Um and blame it on Cuba. 
And John F. Kennedy said, oh, hell no, and fired the head of the Joint Chief of Staff over it and said, you're not going to do this. That was before he died. I know the establishment. This is something I, you may be aware of it. I know you've probably heard about it, like Bohemian Grove. Mm-hmm. The establishment are Luciferians. Okay? And people say, oh, my God, he's talking about Satan. No, there is a religion, Luciferian. And these people, they call it lesser magic. They say they have to tell us what they're going to do before they do it. Because it goes back to eugenics. It goes back to social Darwinism. They are the elite. And that we're too dumb or we would stop them. So you've got all these people in power working together. Why? Because they're power crazed. They get up on TV like the WWF and they shake, they, they get up there and point fingers and yell and scream at each other, but once they leave, they go down to the freaking bar and have a beer together or tear each other's wives or whatever evil thing they do. I mean, they're they all just on the same team. Well, they're, they're, they're the top elite status of the NWO. They're the top dogs. Just like people talk about the Illuminati and, and, and the money laundering with the Vatican and money laundering with OPEC. <clears throat> they're all part of yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And I think they're the top dogs, like you said. I think they're the top dogs in the whole organization. Same with the World Health Organization. That's just as dangerous. That is correct. It's part of the NWO. <clears throat> I know we can fix it if we get the right people in Washington. And with the help of Putin, because he's on the same side, except he's got a different view. He wants to eliminate everything. <laughs> you know, he just wipe it out. Wipe it out. Yeah. you got to be careful on how you, how you do things when you have that much power. You know, the U.N., let's see how long this goes with Putin in Syria. And the U.N. is going to claim him uh, a rogue, a rogue nation or something. They'll try to get a coalition against them. Yeah. I think that's why he got the backing of China. And if you take on those two world powers, you're a damn fool. Damn fool. Because they have they have the ability to protect themselves, and they will at all costs. They will take over the Western Hemisphere. They will take over all the Middle East. Then what do you do? And that's, you know, and that's part of the invasion of refugees into Europe. Well, and everything else. But see, there's a bigger agenda at work here, and that's what people don't don't know. Even a lot of Christians do not put two and two together. Right. And what that is is the Bible talks about how in the last days there would be a war. A lot of people, they already talk about, when you talk about Bible prophecy in the last days, they automatically go to Armageddon, right? 
But that is not the only thing. That's not the only war. There was there's a war talked about in the Bible where the where the nations surround Israel. Now, the reason why that's important is if you go look at Israel on a map, and I'm not saying Israel's great, and there's a lot of people out there, they push this Zionist ideology. Do I think there are Zionists out there that are bad, that are not real Israel? Yes, I do. There's actually, in Revelations, it talks about that. I'm paraphrasing without going to go look it up. It says, Jesus said, he knows you that claim to be Israel that are not, or that claim to be Jews that are not Jews. And that really is, the I think it's Kasarian Jews, the the, Rockef- the Rothschilds and that line. Um, a lot of those so-called Jews that were helping the Nazis, like George Soros, okay, But now, taking that out of it, you look at Israel on a map. You look at the nations we have conquered completely where we have bases. Or you look at the countries we are conquering through proxy, through ISIS. And what is it? It's a surrounding of Israel. You're looking at Egypt. Iraq is being broke up into three parts, which has been discussed long before it happened by our own members in government in the UN yep so sure you look at all these nations it is a surrounding of Israel just like the Bible said see a lot of people look at the Bible as in the end times that it's going to be like a flash boom this event happens boom you wake up tomorrow and something happened. No. This is going to span a certain amount of time. And that's what people don't get. They expect things to happen quickly. That is not true. In the span of history, it's quickly. But we're looking at by my estimates, and some people would say, oh, you're wrong. There's no way. You're putting a day or a time on it. No, I'm not. But I would be willing to say that my daughter will not graduate graduate high school before the return of Christ. I think we're that close. I mean, if you look at the events, world government has been announced. It has. World, world religion has been announced. has been announced, and it's not Islamic. It's religion of the state through eugenics, or it would be Gaia worship, earth worship, which Romans 1 talked about that. They worship the creature more than the creator, right? So you got all this going on. But a lot of people just can't put two and two together because they're too busy watching the news and not thinking critically and looking at it from a proper perspective. 
And that's the biggest problem I run into, that when I state something or when I'm speaking about my campaign, about what we can do here, what we can do for the trucking industry and stuff, this is stuff I've researched. And I've been paying attention to politics for the past 30 years since Ron, you know, since Ron Reagan left. You know, I mean, even before Ron Reagan. You know, I got to watch the wonderful nightly news visiting Vietnam when I was growing yeah. up as a kid. In black and white television, right there in my living room, I got to watch Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And then I got to watch our guys come home, they run down the steps, and kiss the tarmac. You know, that's when I learned about American soil and the importance of it. And I try to tell people, I go, Do not... and the best way to explain it to low-information voters is I watch C-SPAN a lot. A lot of people, oh, that's propaganda. No, the reports are propaganda when, they, when they're not on the House floor and you see the actual lies coming out of their mouth and the facial expressions. They're like, oh, my God, are they going to believe this? So... I try to get people to compare live coverage in Congress, either the Senate or the House, and then you watch the nightly news that week. Okay? And what mm-hmm. they do is they put their spin on it, and you don't hear the words. They take the words, and they put their little spin on it. Well, this is what Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Pelosi said. Well, no, it's not. Plus, like, you know, me and you, we research InfoWars and all these other outlets and compare stories and compare the evidence. But people are too busy, giving up hope, or just don't give a crap anymore. They trust government. Well, I trust them. They'll take care of it. And that's what we've been taught, you know, the younger generations. Oh, just trust in government. They got it under They know what's best for us. That's the problem right there. I know. They're not learning anything on their own. You, you probably can't even read a book anymore in class. It has to be on a damn computer screen. I meant to tell you this. <laughs> I don't mean to get on subject, but my <clears throat> ex-wife was working with my son on Common Core Math the other day. Three and a half hours. Just math. And she, common she core math is like, <laughs> yeah, that is like some of the freaking dumbest math there is. Oh, it's horrible. I saw it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. We're gonna, you, know, you know me. That's going to go away. I know. I still haven't I'm, seen proof of people teaching Islam in schools. Have you had or any hardcore evidence about that? I haven't. Oh yeah, I have. Evidence. I have. Yeah, I've I've shared the articles. It would be it, you would see some class where they're having students write, and this is elementary school, like or middle school. You know, where I grew up, elementary school was kindergarten to sixth grade, middle school was seventh, eighth, and ninth, and then you had high school. So you'd be up in the upper elementary to middle school, they're having, they're they're teaching kids that there's only one God and, there's, uh, and, it's, and it's Allah or something like that. And, and the parents find out this just happened the other day in Tennessee. 
And I almost want to say that there was another one in North Carolina, but I could be wrong. There was something going on with North Carolina school the other day that I don't remember. No, that was not that. But there was one in Tennessee. I think even, I think Connie, even Connie Wrigley, I think she shared that one. I mean, well, if there's any truck drivers out there listening, I sure wish they would call in. I know, right? Truck drivers, I will give truck drivers credit. I've seen a lot from truck drivers that are fairly smart. As in, a lot of truck drivers, you got a lot of truck drivers, yeah, they waste time listening to football all day, every day, or basketball, or whatever sport's going on at the time. But when I sit down at a TA or a Petro, and I'm sitting at the bar eating dinner, and we get to tell them about this stuff, which I don't get to do that often, you know, I'm a broke truck driver. (laughs) (laughs) Right, same here. I usually get me where I sit down on the weekends. And, and get out of the truck and socialize. But every time I do, man, you find truck drivers, you find there's about two groups. Those that don't want to talk about it, and they will talk about nothing but sports or something that don't mean anything. And then you find the other group that is wide awake. And that's that's the, that's the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't, you know, a lot of people don't understand it. We have so much time to think about that stuff. You know, if you if you address it properly, it's like most of my ideas for government and, and restoring liberty and freedom in this country came when I was on the road. It's that quiet time between me and God, you know. And it's, it's an amazing thing if you pay attention. And if you don't pay attention... You're just going to sit there and listen to sports or listen to some jerk on the CB or worried about what's going on at home and what's going on in the world, but you don't want to get involved. And I meet so many people like that, you know, and like you, you've met many out there on the road. The truck drivers are involved. They do care. Yeah. And they are astute to what's going on in the world. And we have a, a lot of, a lot of time to, soak that in and think about it, you know, like, well, what would I do or, or what would my friend Brian do or, or whatever? It's it's an important thing to have. It's, it's a good quality yeah. for a driver to have that. Well, here's here's one for you, back to the Islamic State thing and, and the Russia. It says, Senator, it says, McCain, arm Syrian rebels to shoot down Russian planes, just like we did in Afghanistan. They started pushing yesterday and today to start. It goes in here, it says, McCain initially responded to Fox News host Neil Cavuto's question about whether he would shoot down Russian planes by saying no. But then he went to assert that he would arm Syrian rebels to carry out the very same task. He says, I might do what we did in Afghanistan many years ago to give those guys the ability to shoot down those planes that that equipment is available, said McCain, adding that the Free Syrian Army would shoot down the planes just like the Afghans shot down Russian planes after Russia invaded Afghanistan. 
McCain is referring to how the United States armed Islamic militants in the 1970s, a policy that led to the rise of the Taliban, al-Qaeda, the Muslim Brotherhood, and Osama bin Laden. Senator McCain is opposed the Mujahideen was al-Qaeda. The the name Mm al-Qaeda did not come out until 9-11. Okay? And there was a British government official that even said that and he mysteriously died within a couple of weeks of bringing that out in Parliament. Senator McCain is opposed to Russia's bombing of ISIS terrorists because he believes that Moscow is using this explanation as a cover to attack U.S.-backed Syrian rebel forces who are trying to topple Bashar al-Assad. Now, the funny thing about that is If you just do a little bit of digging, what you find out about the Free Syrian Army and the what they call the Syrian rebels, they almost always turn out to be ISIS. And they're all ISIS. Yeah, everybody's ISIS. No, no, it's not that everybody's ISIS. Our government is funding ISIS. That's a fact. You won't hear about it much. You've heard about it a little bit on Fox News. And you've heard about it a little bit like Rand Paul said, we are not going to be ISIS's Air Force. Remember the whole deal with the military, the, vet, the troops that were covering up their signs and I didn't sign on to be military, uh, to uh, be ISIS's Air Force or to help ISIS or whatever. There was a bunch of troops that did it. It was all over Twitter and Facebook. Um, so the Syrian rebels, when you go look at the leadership in the Syrian rebels, it comes out in the news. Who are they? ISIS. They're ISIS leaders. So all you do is do the math. Two plus two equals four. If you have a Syrian rebel leader that is an ISIS leader, it goes to say the media is telling you, like you said, propaganda to make it sound reasonable. And what is our what is Russia doing? Trying to stop ISIS. Why? Because our government's funding them to take over the Middle East. Assad, I will. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm a fan of Assad. He's done a lot of good things. He's Western-friendly. Yes, he is a dictator. He did not do the chemical weapons attack they tried to do. ISIS even put YouTube videos out how they did it. But what did our media do? They come out and said that Assad did it, so we have to go in and bomb Assad. No. Assad is trying to build the infrastructure, colleges, jobs, trying to build up the country, but the establishment says, oh, no, you're not going to do that. Nope. The people are not allowed to have anything. Got to keep the war going. We got to kill innocent civilians. That's a huge mess. Huge, huge mess. We're going to pay a heavy price for it. It is a huge mess. You're right. But it's by design. That's the thing. 
whether people like to hear it or not, that's exactly what it is. And that's the thing that keeps these people in power is the average American citizen knows things are wrong and things are messed up, but they don't know how to point the finger at the person and say, hey, what you're doing is wrong. This needs to stop. And when you get, there are some estimates in some studies that to change a population, it don't take but about 10% of the population to change their views and the rest of the population follows. That's why I've always said it doesn't take a majority. It takes a persistent minority. Liberty, that's our battle cry. We get enough people that want liberty. Guess what's going to happen? The pendulum's going to swing. But I think before the pendulum swings this time, there is going to be a lot of changes in this country. I don't know if it's going to be for the good or for the bad. But things are going to change. I hope it's for the good, but I don't see it happening. Not with my Christian beliefs in the last days. I think, I I hold to the opinion that our maps are going to have to be redrawn. What was America is not going to be America anymore. There is going to be pockets around the country, maybe some states that that break off, like Texas being one of them. Texas, I think, is about the only state that can secede from the Union. I know North Carolina can't. It's in their constitution they can't. Texas is the only one, the way they came into the Union, they can back out. But because we are a free-minded people and love liberty, there are going to be some states that are going to break off, and they're going to split this country up in thirds. And some of the rumors have been, in like white papers put out by the establishment, China's going to get part, Russia's going to get part, and it's going to be broke up into thirds. Now, I don't necessarily see that as, as happening the way they want. There's too many guns. I think I really strongly believe from the Texans I know that the Texas is going to be the new capital of succeeding states. Arkansas will join Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, and then probably New Mexico will be an easy take for succession. Missouri will be split in half again, like it was at Civil War. <clears throat> then we had the Missouri Compromise to to make sure that they sealed out boats in the house so they couldn't become a slave state. But we were a slave state when we were inducted into statehood. Mm-hmm. And I think Texas, you know, in Texas, if you, you've been there as a truck driver, <clears throat> they can sustain themselves without federal government. They do not need federal government one ounce to be successful and prosper. It's That's why I love Texas. And I love Texans because they have that type of pride in their republic. And and it's not a confederacy thing, like people think. It's independence. And they will fight to the death over it. And I would support them anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. 
anywhere because they will be the strongest part of succeeded states. Now, you know, that's not part of my campaign at all. I do not wish to see any succession of states because I know we can we can fix this. If we get enough liberty-loving people that still believe in freedom, returning to the, the, the core values of the Founding Fathers and the Constitution. And there's, many, there's plenty of us out there to do it. But we just got to keep waking more people up. And I agree. No way possible. And, you know, and I think that's why they attack, you know, federal government attacks Texas the most. Because they know well, that they could prosper without any federal government. Any state could. But Texas mm-hmm. is the strongest. That's why they keep attacking Texans. I know. Well, remember when, I don't know if you heard about it, but remember when Texas was looking at passing legislation to kick the TSA out of the state? No. Yeah, this was probably four or five years ago. They had 100% unanimous vote in their legislature. They passed the bill. It went to the governor's desk which was uh, Rick Perry at the time. Rick Perry was going to sign it because he had to. Too much pressure. So they had their, I don't remember what the guy's name was, but he was the uh, lieutenant general or whatever it was, kind of like the Speaker of the House type bill, I think. Mm -hmm. It went through him. He killed it. And the surrounding states, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, the National Guards had jets on the tarmac ready to launch. Our federal government did an alert. Obama told them, if you sign this bill into law, we will run air blockades on your state. There will be no flights in or out. I wish they'd have signed it in the law because I think Obama would have been forced to back down. Because if he'd have sent planes up against Texas, the whole country would have saw true colors. It would have brought the country together. Yeah. Yeah, because other states would have joined in for sure. Yeah. Almost almost every state has Air National Guard. Not all states, but... Yeah. If it wasn't Arizona, I think would have jumped in there for sure. Yeah, and if they would have did and, and then you go look at Jade Helm how the surrounding states that were participating, Texas was considered hostile. Utah, portions of southern portion of California. And yeah, I do know that not much happened during that. But still they did say in the documents it was a psychological warfare operation on the people. Why? The military doesn't do anything from a one-dimensional standpoint. They play chess. And while the people are barely playing checkers, they're playing chess. They're thinking on three and four dimensions. Any operation they do, 
and and the other thing on training exercises, they don't call them operations. They only call military exercises operations. Jade Helm was an operation. That means what? It was a military exercise for what purpose? To see how the people would, one, accept troops on the streets. Would the people accept it? Would the people work with the military? And if they'd have said, if it had went off with flying colors, nobody raising questions, it would have probably, that would, that would have been probably the first step to putting troops on the street crossing the Rubicon. And, you know, like a lot of military experts that came forward and said, yeah, it's a, it's a psych ops on the American people. Let's see what happens. Let's see how they accept it or don't accept it. Let's see what actually happens. I don't know. It's kind of scary. I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw that town hall meeting where they invited the colonel that was in charge of the gate helm. You talking about the, no, well, the city hall? Yeah, and they questioned they, him. They invited him. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't trust him one bit. So, even though he explained that we cannot fire upon American citizens, we're not sworn to the president, we're sworn to the Constitution. But, and the, you know, how many from the UN were involved with Jade Helm? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the question. The UN is not sworn to uh, not kill American citizens at all, or American soldiers. They were sworn to the UN, period. Doesn't matter well, where they're from. That's correct. Well, you remember Lieutenant Lieutenant uh was it Lieutenant Colonel Pete Martinez? He talked about mm-hmm. the all the placement of military hardware on the street, right? And he said he doesn't because of his position and how long he'd been in the military, he could see it. He said it is a pre-deployment of military hardware. Because why? Well, I don't know if you remember hearing about it, but Obama had made agreements with 15 nations to use um, their troops under the banner of NATO to stop civil unrest. If they're if they know that civil unrest is coming, then they're getting all the hardware in place to stop it. Yeah. What do you call it? He had a special name for it. So it was a pre deployment of the hardware. Pre deployment assets. Yeah, because it's it's not just tanks; it's um, all military hardware that's needed, logistics, uh, water, foodstuffs, shelter. Yeah, all that stuff. You know, in this past week, past two weeks, I've been seeing a whole lot of MRAPs headed south. They're all headed south. <laughs> what I remember, Jade Helms over, right? Yeah. Supposed to have ended September 15th. 
only see maybe two going north, and the, the average, the larger average is headed south, down towards Arkansas. So I don't know where they go from there. Me neither. I haven't heard any reports yet. Well, you know, and that's just another reason. You know, we got to get our country back. Got to get our government back out of the hands of these evil statists. We're going to take a break, everyone. And, Eric, if you want to hold, I'll be right back. The call-in number to the show is 516-453-9128. This is the World Integrity News Network, and the show is The Rights of the Few. And if you would like to speak to the host or the guest host, if you have a comment, question, press 1, and we will be right back. World Integrity News Network. Dave Bray from the patriotic rock band Madison Rising, and you're listening to Reach Out America. For decades now, in the name of fun, food, and entertainment, conservative Christians and patriots have created a monster. And unknowingly, after we spent billions of hard-earned dollars supporting corporations and sponsors, we now see their plans. They systematically have fought politicians to spread their immoral social agenda. They have sued in court and have successfully closed down some business. I say enough's enough and let's feed this beast no longer. Feed the beast no more. So join our national boycott. They have targeted right now eight corporations and sponsors of the media. And to catch that official list, head over to Pastor Sylvester Bland's page, www.theunitedstatesofamerica.us, or call 951-360-3399. That number again, 951-360-3399, or hit up United Saints of America, like St. Paul, St. Peter, pluralized, Saints, United States of America, U.S. We get it. You are awesome. You are overflowing with ideas of causes to fight, movements to start, funky gizmos to make, talents and products to sell, and communities to build. But getting started, well, that's tough. There are way too many questions. Which technology should you use? Where will you have the best audience? What tools are out there? When you look for the answers, there seems to be so many options. But which one is right for you? There is so much to learn, and each part seems disconnected from the others. Ugh. But wait, what if you could find a single, simple solution to all of those questions in one place, a place where you can collaborate with others and release your raw awesomeness to the world? Introducing Collaborate USA, the single platform created to convert your ideas into reality, a place where you can share with other awesome folks or sell your products. A place that has all of the tools you need to do what you want, where you can exert influence, lead a movement, or simply connect with people. A place where you can earn money, 
simply using the platform, whether you're sharing, selling, giving, funding, or learning. It's about your brilliance standing out and collaborating with others. You are awesome. If you have dreams to reach, purpose to fulfill, or potential to release, we're the place to hang out online. Join Collaborate USA now. Release the awesome potential of you. Hi, this is Ernest Lee. Can you find 10 spare minutes a day, six days a week? Do you think restoring our constitutional republic is worth 10 minutes a day to you? If you do, go to thelibertypledge.com and read Common Sense 2, The Liberty Pledge. Do it today. It's our country and our children's future that's at stake. Thanks. Hello, everyone. We're back. This is the World Integrity News Network. The show is called The Rights of the Few. Every Thursday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 to 8 Central. And we have been discussing news and other stories in the state of the country. And I have as a guest, Eric Moore. He just has become a regular. I like Eric. Me and him see eye to eye on most everything. It's just because we care about our country. I mean, our country's in bad shape. I'm 42. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I didn't think I would ever see the day that our country would be in the trouble it is. Eric, you still there? Well, maybe he dropped off. So, while we were at break, I saw another interesting uh, article, and I'm not surprised. Just for the simple fact of propaganda, info on civilian casualties appeared before Russian jets in Syrian airspace. As I draw your attention to the fact that the first reports on civilian casualties emerged before our planes even left the ground, Putin said. How do you keep a war going? How do you keep things going? The status quo. Keep feeding BS to the people. We have to have a bad guy. Because if we don't have a bad guy, we can't spend billions of dollars killing innocent people in wars. I'm not saying ISIS is innocent, no, they're not. 
But that being said, there is still a lot of things. What was it? General Smedley Butler said war is a racket. What is a racket? Racketeering. People making lots of money telling lies, creating problems. The Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, for example, ISIS. They use the media to control your reaction. And then they offer you the solution they want you to have, because why? Then they get the power they're after. Russia, we've not been at war with Russia since the Cold War. It was a Cold War then. Now we're living in a hot war. And the problem with the media is they got to keep you, the American people, afraid. How do they got to keep you afraid? Because as they're pushing these wars, they pass legislation behind the scenes because the average American citizen will not watch C-SPAN. They will not read bills. And yes, there's a lot of bills they pass, and we don't have, I don't have time to read every last one of them. But do I read some? Yes, I go look at some of them when I have times, when I'm not driving a truck. And you go read the legislation that they're trying to pass, and you find out a whole lot of things are going on that you are not told because the mainstream media is not going to tell you. Because if you knew the truth, there's no way you would put up with it. You look at your neighbor no longer as your neighbor. You've been trained to look at every individual that you don't know as the bad guy because a boogeyman is around every corner. And there was a time in Nazi Germany where that was the case, where you didn't speak up to the next human being and his rights being taken while he was taken off and marched to a death camp to be killed or to a slave camp to be worked till he died because you didn't say nothing because you were afraid you would be taken. We're fast approaching that in our country. And once we reach that point, there's not going to be anybody to protect you and you say, well, they don't care about me. Well, the reason why they don't care about you is because you don't care about them. How many times do you sit down and shake someone's hand, and just out of the blue, because you got the time, you see they're by themselves, you sit down and just talk, talk country, talk politics, talk religion, talk the hard subjects, or just ask them how their day is. I go into a truck stop, I meet perfect strangers. I make it a point to say, hey, open doors, be nice. Because you know what? We don't have enough of that. We do not have enough community in our country. We do not have enough 
humanity in our country. As I went inside earlier and had got me something to eat right before the show real quick. Lady behind the counter was real nice. And I made sure I was real cordial to her. Because we don't know what kind of day she's having. We don't know how many people have come in and out of that truck stop that might have been grouchy and snapped and hurt. Does she deserve to be treated less than human? No. She deserves to be treated as human, as the way you would be treated. But see, we don't think like that anymore. We think we have to do things to, we have to get ours because if we will get ours, we will be happy. We will be filled. I have to get me. Well, guess what happens? When you only get you, you end up losing you. They talk about this whole thing with Black Lives Matter, but will Black Lives Matter ever speak up about Planned Parenthood and abortion and how 52% of the black babies that are born every year are, are murdered in the womb? And yes, it is murder. They have proven that they hear sound. At eight weeks, they have fingerprints. All their organs are there. They feel pain. See, what you don't realize is with abortion, it dehumanizes humanity. So, if it dehumanizes humanity because you look at that baby as less than human, then you're going to be looked at as less than human. Because what is the difference between you and a baby? You're in the, the baby's in the womb, defenseless. But it, at eight weeks, it has fingerprints. You have fingerprints. It has a heartbeat. You have a heartbeat. It feels pain. You feel pain. It may not be breathing air, and it may not be aware of its surroundings, but its brain is formed and continuing to form, continuing to grow from the time of conception. So what makes it different? That's the thing I don't understand. People talk about how it's a woman's right. I will partially agree with that. It is a woman's right. Everybody has a right to sin any way they want. That does not mean you don't suffer the consequences. With every decision, 
there is consequences, good or bad, but there is consequences. question is, do you think about the consequences? People ignore a lot of the consequences of abortion. How it is unnatural for the female body when she is pregnant to lose a baby unnaturally. Because why? Her hormones will get unnaturally out of whack, which creates a problem in the body. One abortion, you raise your rates of breast cancer by so much of a percentage. I don't remember the exact number. I don't remember if it's like 10 or 15 percent. And a lot of people say, oh, that's a lie. That's not true. But they don't go read the research. After the first abortion, you've harmed your body to where, let's say, you do decide you want a child. Make it harder for your body to have children. And it only gets worse after the first abortion because you murdered does that mean everybody that committed abortion is bad? No. We all make mistakes. We all are imperfect beings. But what do you do when you learn from your mistakes? You change. Planned Parenthood is an evil organization started by people that loved Nazi Germany. Who was best? Who was one of Hitler's best friends? Margaret Sanger. Who started Planned Parenthood? Margaret Sanger did. What she say? Black people were subhuman and weeds and need to be exterminated. To me, that tells you what it's about right there. Is if you look who's funding it and who started it, that tells you what it's about. It's about exterminating the human race. And that's the thing that gets me. People have become so selfish. They, all they think about is themselves. I can't think about myself. All I thought about was myself. I wouldn't be out here doing what I'm doing. And a wife and kids that depend on me.
I know that my wife is my best friend. She means the world to me. She gave me a beautiful daughter. I've got a beautiful son who thinks he is like Mr. Awesome, (laughs) which he is. I'm proud of him. Mr. Football Player. And Eric is back. I don't know what happened. I had a glitch. It said we were off where, but I knew we wouldn't because the phone call didn't drop. And I had to close the browser (laughs) out and come back on. I'm back. Yeah, so I was just thinking about everything we talked about earlier and how population is just, they can't put things together. They can't think past themselves. They're too preoccupied with funny boo-boo and sports. And I remember a time... Yeah, I remember a time in the Grammys. Yeah, I remember a time in history where an empire was like that, called Rome, the bread and circus. When Rome collapsed, that's all they cared about was the bread and circus of their day, and it's absolutely fascinating and unreal how we are just like Rome. I learned something about Nazi Germany before it became under the rule of Hitler in the late 20s. They started doing the same thing we're doing with the transgenders and the homosexual marriage and all this lifestyles that do not edify. Am I against Gays. No, I got a real good friend that I think the world of. He's gay. He's one of the manliest gay guys I know. He knows where I stand. I know where he stands. He's like a brother to me. He don't disrespect me, and I don't disrespect him. He knows what I believe. He don't like those flaming ones that act all prissy. He can't stand those guys. So. That's like I was talking at the beginning of the show. Everybody has a right to sin how they want to, but they got to deal with the consequences of their choices. That's why I come to the conclusion God is the ultimate constitutionalist. What is the Constitution? It's quasi-anarchy, self-rule. You are able to rule yourself. You just have to deal with the consequences of your action. If you damage or harm another person, you're going to pay the price. And God looks at it the same way. You have the free will to do what you want, but he tells you beforehand what will happen if you do these certain things. Same way with our legal system. If you break a certain law, here is the results of what that law is. It's no different. 
The only problem is now we got a government that don't really enforce a lot of the laws. They're on the book. They just don't get enforced. And I ain't talking about just in D.C., which up there they think they're above the law. Sure are. And that's what we got to straighten up. You know, it's it's spreading to the judges across the county and corrupt county sheriffs and deputies, police chiefs, mayors, aldermen, city managers. It's across uh, boards of education. My gosh, you should see the mess we have here. It's disgusting. Well, it's all about corrupt politics. I'll tell you one that I'm looking into. Out of my folder here. I went to Dun and Bradstreet because you know cool. Ulster County, the county I'm fighting. I actually went and got the corporate reports. Not a lot of detail, I will say that. When it comes to, because um, I didn't want to pay the money. I just paid for $30 just to get the Dunn's numbers and all that stuff, which most people don't know what Dunn and Bradstreet is. Dunn and Bradstreet, everybody knows what Experian is and Equifax, not Equifax, what is it, TransUnion. What's that other corp, the credit reporting agency? Is it Equifax? Oh. Yeah, Equifax, TransUnion, and now there's a third. Yeah, Experian, I think. Experian, yeah. Yeah. They follow... And Experian's going to be in charge of all of them. You just watch. Yeah, well, they follow your individual credit score, okay? Dun & Bradstreet, they are the corporate credit reporting agency. They don't... If you, as an individual like me, you know, having this truck. I could go get my Dunn's number. And it's a nine-digit number, just like a Social Security number, just slightly different format, but it's nine digits. And you would submit your financial reports every year, and and through that you would start to get a corporate credit, credit reporting agency. And So because of me learning that, I found out that Ulster County, the main office, is the, I shared it with Raquel, okay, today, and she's like really fascinated in these reports because what one of the reports shown was Business background report for Ulster County, which the main office, as in the county seat, is in Kingston, New York, 244 Fair Street, Kingston, New York. Michael Hine is the county executor. We look at that as an elected position, but what we don't know is a business position. The Dunn's number for Ulster County is 07-720-9740. It said in the fiscal year of 2013, because this was printed, the date I printed this report was November 22, 2013. 
they had $378,368,236 for the fiscal year in sales. So the question is, what are they selling? Their net worth is $222,349,698. And then I was reading through this report with her. Now, Michael Hine is running for re-election for the town executor. But there's another lady running for election as the Democrat, Terry Bernardo. Okay? Nobody wants to run against Michael Hines. Her husband ran against Michael Hines and got beat. Got beat bad. I think there was some corrupt things going on behind the scenes why he got beat so bad. These people are a bunch of thugs. So I was looking at this and I was reading it to Raquel. I said, Michael Hines as a county executor, the vice chairman is James A. Maloney. The minority leader is David Donaldson. The principal is Burton Gulnick Jr. And then it goes the directors, officers, the chairman, Terry Bernardo, commissioner of finance, Paul J. Hewitt. Kenneth J. Ronk Jr. is the majority leader. Now, Terry Bernardo is the chairman. Now, why that is so important, everybody answers to Michael Hine. She's talking about she wants to get him out of office because of his corruption. But since she's the chairman and she's on that top-level board, she knows about all the corruption. So is it a power play to get his seat, or is it, you know, see, Michael Hine used to be a Democrat. Then he flipped and went Republican, kind of like Chris <laughs> Perry did. <laughs> so at the time of this report, she was chairman. So don't you think she already knew about all the corruption? Yes, yeah, she knows what DSS is doing, and DSS is a branch, just like Family Court is a branch of Ulster County. Now, if you go, I'm going to do something interesting here. I'm going to look it up. Black's Law Dictionary, ninth <laughs> edition. Let's look up branch. B-R-A-N-C-H. Branch. An offshoot, literal extension, or division of an institution, the executive, legislation, and judicial branches of government. A line of familial descent stemming from a common ancestor. So you look at family court as a state court. No, it is a branch of the county, the main office. Who runs family court? It ain't the state. Michael Hines, the executive. <laughs> so you got these people in power, these consummate insiders, working together, a Republican and Democrat, knows each other's dirty laundry, and they're running against each other. I have the sneaky suspicion, is it because that people are so tired of Michael Hines? It's kind of like, hey, we need to get somebody in his place that can continue the corruption a.k.a. Terry Bernardo, the chairman.
You said this is in North Carolina, right? No, this is in New York. New York. In which county is it? Ulster County, New York. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Operations provides business services, NEC business services at non-commercial sites. Revenue are derived from taxes and grants. Sales to general public territory, local, non-seasonal. Employees, 1,800, which includes officers and 346 part-time. 219 of those are employed at the office called Ulster County. Facilities. Owns 60,000 square feet in a six-story steel and glass building. So that 60,000 square foot steel and glass building, is that worth $220 million and that's it? I don't think so. Central business section on Main Street. Branches. These businesses have multiple branches. Detailed branches information is available at, in the D&B linkage of the family tree products. And that was just a simple two-page report. So then I go to the Ulster County Family Court done in Bradstreet, because when I first got it, the only thing they were giving me was the main. And I said, no, that's not what I purchased. Ulster County, Ulster County of 16 Lucas Avenue, Kingston, New York. And the Dunn's number is 82-859-2704. And if you look it up, on page two of this little brief report. It's only one page. It only shows it as a branch. I have it here. Did I pull the wrong one? I know that Ulster County DSS said something interesting. I thought they both said it. It says, Ulster County of 1081 Development Court, Kingston, New York. Dunn's number 00-934-6103. This is for uh, Department of Social Services. On page two of this report, it actually says, branch, under type, it says branch. Company name, Ulster County of, also traded as Ulster County Social Services Department, 1081 Development Court, Kingston, New York. So it's also traded as, wait a minute here, what's traded? They are corporations, are, are, are courts are corporations. That's what people don't get. That's the interesting thing. That's how they're funded. <clears throat> yep. Every time you go people to... They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to be bothered. No. No, we don't want to hear that. That does not exist. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. Whatever. No... We're not. Let's see. Okay. That's the same thing. And I know I had 
I thought I had the report, but obviously it doesn't. So I don't know if it got lost. Let me check. Because I might have. To, I've, I've been thinking about. It. I might have to go back in and repurchase them. I still get emails from Dun and Bradstreet that tells me how how their credit rating has went up or down. So let's see. Where's that zip file? We just lost some more veterans or some more troops. What do you mean? Looking at a breaking news story. Twelve dead after U.S. C-130 transport play goes down in Afghanistan. So it could be 12, it could be 14, it could be 16. Well, that's not good. Well, I know it is insane the things going on out there. So, where'd we lose them at? Afghanistan. Probably Anbar province, most likely. Anbar. Over what? Why did we lose these guys? What was the headline? Uh, 12 dead, C-130 crash. Come on. I think it was on my page. 12 dead, C-130 crash. We will look it up. No, I don't have it. Death toll in Indonesia, C-130 plane crash. That was July 21st. Uh, Indonesia. Find in Indonesia. I lost it. Yeah. But I'm not seeing anything today. Let's see. Uh, well, I scrolled, and I scrolled too fast, you know, where it kind of goes blank on your tablet for a second. Yeah. I lost it. Well, I figured I'd look it up because it would definitely be worth it. So let me do that. There it is. Got it. I think so. Sputnik News. I'm trying to see if it gives a date. Five U.S. service members among 12 dead in military crash. This is in the past 24 hours. Let's see. And it's in Afghanistan. Let's see. This was today, yeah. Five U.S. service members among 12 dead in military crash in Afghanistan, report from NBC News. 
NBC News is reporting 12 people, including five American service members, were killed early Friday when a U.S. C-130 transport plane crashed while taking off from an airport in Afghanistan, a U.S. military official said. The crash happened shortly after midnight local time, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, at Jalalabad Airport, Coalition spokesperson U.S. Army Colonel Brian Trebus said. Five of the dead were U.S. service members that were the crew of the aircraft. Five were civilian contractors who were passengers, and two were local Afghan civilians who were killed on the ground, the military officials said. The cause of the crash has not been determined. The military officials said there were no reports of hostile activity in the area at the time of the crash. The... The C-130 is a four-engine turboprop aircraft used to transport personnel and oversized cargo. So that was all that said. It wasn't a very long article. Now, just because of what I've learned and everything else, it's kind of like, okay. Hey, I'd like to know who those people were on that plane. Yeah. Because if there's no violence, they're saying it was a crash, but, you know, don't trust the official story. You'll have to watch it for a couple days before you start finding other reports or get some outside news sources outside America. Sputniknews.com Asia. Let's see what they have to say. I say this is how you do a show. You just have real intelligent conversations. You look up things on the fly because everything out there is important. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You never know what's going to turn up when you just browse on the see, web. I like doing things out. on the fly. And I'll just report breaking news. There you go. You see things. I'm looking at other stuff. It says 12 people were killed when a C-130 military tactical transport plane crashed near Jalalabad in Afghanistan, according to defense officials. Now, let's see. That, this one is, that was real interesting. Darn, i got to go back and compare that. The KY3.com article, the one I just read, I just noticed something off the bat. And I let it open back up. You, I read everything was there, right? Yeah. So now, and it said when it got to the, C-130 is a four-engine turboprop aircraft used to transport personnel and oversized cargo. I got to that point. That is almost identical to this article. In other words, the first part all the way down to that is identical. So all they did was copy and paste. And, but this article goes on, according to Fox News, Pentagon officials say the plane was not shot down. There were no reports of, of enemy dire, I think they meant fire, at the time of the crash. 
The Pentagon later confirmed to Reuters the incident is under investigation. The U.S. Air Force operates a, ba a base in Jalalabad Airport, approximately three miles southeast of the city. There were 9,800 U.S. troops left in Afghanistan until the end of September under a deal between Washington and Kabul. In March, it was agreed that the number would drop to 5,500 for the remainder of the year and into 2016. The Resolute Support Mission replaced NATO-led ISAF forces, of which there were more than 13,000 from 40 countries after their 12-year operation. See, that was the thing that was left out, was what came right after that description of the C-130. The Pentagon says, oh, no, it was not shot down. That was real quick after that. And that other news article, and, I, and I'm telling you, they just all they did was copy and paste. KY3 is a local news station somewhere in the Ozarks. I'm assuming somewhere around the Ozarks. Um, all they did was copy and paste. That was that. That was actually freaking interesting. That's sparking some uh, interest. Yeah. When you start seeing little things like that, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. It's the stories to come this next whole week, you know. The weekend's going to be very informative. Your favorite reporters. Brian Williams, he was there. <laughs> I had to click on that link, MSNBC. I saw the name Brian Williams. I said, oh, my gosh, he was there. He can give us first-hand knowledge. That'll be post. That'll be on Facebook tonight, you know. Yeah, I'm not right. Yeah, I was there. I've been Brian Williams, before, you know. <laughs> yeah, Brian Williams and NBC's News Pentagon producer, Courtney Koob, reporting breaking news that an American C-130 plane has crashed in Afghanistan. Duration, two, two minutes, 34 seconds. In other words, they did a live report, so they didn't, so you'd have to watch the report. Since I can't watch it over my phone and let y'all hear it, at least not at this point, I am working on doing that. Saturday, that may actually come to be. I've been doing some research on how to, um, to do, to stream to, blog talk from my computer so that way we can do video reports also and then do commentary. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to doing this. I'm getting a crash report. Oh yeah, you're going to have all kinds of stuff to talk about. You really are. <laughs> How's Bobby doing? He's he's hanging in there. He's getting better. Uh, he's still under the weather though. He asked me that I want to fill in Saturday. I told him I would. I might be available Saturday if you'd like me to come on for anything. 
Well, that's hey, you can come on anytime you want. I told you that. I mean, I mean, if anybody wants to come on, they can. I don't care. Right. And the show is simulcast on my talk show account too. Right. Well, I wish we could get a hold of what was that Andrew again with down in uh, South Africa. Yeah, and I had the chat window open, and I've not seen anybody the last two shows. I haven't seen anybody. Really? Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of people don't pay attention to the chat, and I'm not going to say I've done the greatest of job paying attention to it, but I'll think about it. I'll click it up very, every once in a while, I'll look at it. Nobody's there. You know, I'm not that important. <laughs> <laughs> it's just little old me. Or we're trying. I know, right? Let's see. Wow. Interesting. So, that is a curiosity in and of itself. So, the link on start page for kvoatv.com, it gives a blurb, you know, in the description. This is And start page gives you Google searches without Google knowing it's you. Uh, it says 12 dead after USC-130 transport plane crashes in Afghanistan. Official, and it says 13 killed in shooting in Oregon. And it's like, okay, you go to the page and it's like, okay, where's the article? All it's doing is giving you a bunch of descriptions, a bunch of articles. So there we go. Crashed while taking off from an airport. Um, now, I'm not saying that's not possible. I mean, yeah, I mean, right. C-130 taking off, was there a pothole? I don't know. <laughs> but even if it, hey, it could have took out the landing gear. But just the mere fact <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, how did it crash? That's the question. Let's see. I mean, it, cause it, it could have been an like, IED, too. I mean, on the on the tarmac. You never know. Yeah, I know, right? But it's like, this Very one was possible. an exact... This one was an exact copy and paste of that other article, too. That's all it says is that. Um, it was a... It crashed while taking off. So they definitely leave a lot to the imagination. Okay, While taking off. Was that mean it was rolling down the runway? Like I said, was it a pothole? Then it would be like, took out the front landing gear? That means it would have just slid to a stop and nobody would have died. To kill to, to, to kill the passengers, it had to get high enough to and come back down to actually crash and blow up. I'm sorry. If you know enough about planes and how they're designed, the engines are built to break away from the jets and stay mostly intact. The wings would have broke off with the fuselage unless you just really are at a high altitude and come in for any crash. Does it always break up? You've seen, I mean, we've seen crashes where people come in for a landing and they overshoot the runway and crash, but not everybody dies. I mean, the only time you see when everybody dies is like Plus, it slams into the side of a mountain. Those C-130s are pretty damn tough, too. I mean, I've seen them do some hard landings with military footage. My gosh, they 
they're like they're built like the bombers of World War Two, you know, and they can make it back on two engines or you know stuff missing. So they probably they probably had a pretty good high altitude. Plus, they just took off; they're totally full of fuel. So you yeah, flying gas can at the same time. Yeah, C one thirty. They they do fully fuel, and you're right. I mean, so I mean, there's a lot of questions that really should be answered. But you know, when the Pentagon's releasing a statement, you just don't know if it's true or not. No, they may have had an asset. They made one of those civilians could have been a a military asset. And they just killed them all off on paper. Well, see, and that's what I'm all that's, sitting in the hangar smoking cigarettes. Well, well, see, that's well, that's the other thing. You know, with with the Navy SEALs, those all those Navy SEALs that got killed in that Chinook helicopter that they never put that many SEALs in, mm-hmm. and it's an old helicopter. It was it thirty different soldiers? Twenty six were SEALs. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. actually had a rocket propelled grenade that was accurate enough to hit it, which a lot of the experts said that's impossible. Um, you got to wonder who the civilians were. What is their national security ties? Like you said, high asset target. Uh, there's a lot of questions that go along with it. And, and honestly, you should question because they're, they're not given enough information as of yet. As in, C-130 crashes while taking off. That and 12 people die. The only 12 people on the whole plane, they all die, six of which were military crew of the plane. You've got to raise the question, while taking off, that does not add up. Not whatsoever. I mean, even if it overshot... Even if it overshot the runway, it's the, the, the landing gear will fold underneath and it will be a, the same as a crash landing and everybody would have technically survived, maybe bumps and bruises, little injuries, but not how everybody died. Well, it could have been a remote control aircraft as well. I mean, the C-130s are getting so old and overused. You know, tell them. You know, these are the souls on board. Crash it in the desert. You know, wherever. Maybe you yeah. get a civilian count out of it and make it look real good. Yeah, they're very capable of doing these things. And they're all, like I said, they're all back at the hangar smoking cigarettes, joking. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're telling me about. It. Who knows? It's just who tells? Who knows anymore? Well, my friend, it is time for us to get out of here. And Eric, as always, it is really great spending time with you. We 90 seconds. We don't get to talk enough. I love it. So, well, you... I love everything you cover, you know. You know I'll always be back. Oh, I know. I like talking about hard subjects and actually putting thought-provoking stuff in there. Well, you have a good night, Eric, and stay safe on the road. I had a 4 by 4 go flying on me the other day and try to take out my windshield. I 60 seconds. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, every, well, everyone, this has been the World Integrity News Network. 
The show is called The Rights of the Few. And I have enjoyed everyone that listens. And y'all have a good night. And God bless. Night. Night. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.